With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000 year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings! It is so wonderful to have this time with you again. And this is Parisha, your host, and this is Windows in Your Mind. I just love saying that. I just really love saying that. And I'm again very happy to be with our family here at LOA Network Radio and the good work that I feel and hear constantly going on from people and just knowing that the connection is just a really happy and joyful time. This hour with you is just absolutely priceless, okay? And I do again want to say I appreciate all of you who are connecting on Facebook and who are actually connecting as you go to the when you click on and you come to our web page or our blog homepage here, you'll see that you can connect and actually send your communications and everything through the fan page. And that would be great. I would love to hear from many of you. Okay, you know, we all have the responsibility to be teachers. And I welcome anyone who has a good message and actually a, a particular maybe perspective on something that... I just learn constantly because I'm very open to all people's perspective. It's not a matter that they have to agree with me. I want to know what they're thinking and how it's going and, and what can I learn from that. So I appreciate all of you who are actually connecting and actually sending us information. And all of you wonderful spiritual people I call family, as well as your curiosity people who are looking around and saying, what's these people all about? What's going on there? And that's just all right. So this is Windows in Your Mind, and we are going to be discussing some particular things that you've asked about, but also maybe some acknowledgments to what's going on in a lot of the groups in the field services that uh, wonderful and powerful people are devoting themselves to doing. And I want to thank all of the people that I know that's out in the field that have actually contributed in wondrous and miracle, almost like miracles every day to the situation that happened in Paris. And I love the fact that people are not willing to jump on the hate wagon and start pointing fingers and mistreating and abusing or blaming other people. So 
a lot of the Muslim community there is actually finding a very softer reaction to the situation and an open-mindedness as well as an open-heartedness and you know that's so significant beloveds because that has to start now with us each one of us okay we're not waiting for someone else to trigger the beginning and say okay now it's time to go you know it's time to do this no it begins now right now in this moment with us talking and and sharing this time it begins right now for you to look inside yourself and see if you're making judgments and stereotyping a whole group of people over a handful of people. What I have found over and over again in, in the, oh, tremendous, the, I think three quarters of my life has been involved in research. So I do surveys and stuff just, just really out of curiosity and love of it. And it seems that, you know, those of us who are in a, a good place, or an okay place, or an accepting place, we don't make that known as much as those who have a problem with it. And, and I don't know that I understand that. It's so important. It's like when we, we go in restaurants and think, I always make note of my waitress or my waiter. I always make you know notice of the service. And I always have comment for the owners, you know. And uh, it, it's just spreading the good, you know, passing passing it forward, you know what I'm saying? So basically what I find then, that those critical people and those judgmental people and those embittered people never make up more than 5% of the population. Yet if you listen to the news and you listen to all of the particular coverage that comes from a situation, all you really hear from is them, you know, and, of course, media is not going to go the other way because most of the, everybody's curiosity goes to, you know, what, what's really not okay with it. We really have to look inside ourselves. And I'd love for you to start right now, if you haven't been doing this, and asking yourself, why do you participate in that? You know, why do you immediately go to what in viewing and, and making the negative part of whatever your precious mind is dealing with now. Because here, you know, here's the truth that science has given us. If you're listening to it, if you're actually just innocently saying, well, I'm just curious, so I want to hear what they say, that is no such thing. It's now in your precious and beautiful mind, and you will have to deal with it. I don't let it in. And sometimes people, you know, feel, and I, and I accept that I'm, I have probably offended quite a few people because I just shut it off. I, I am just abrupt and say, thank you, I don't want to hear that. You know, and, and you have to take charge of that. And, and no matter how much you walk upon it or just say, well, I really wasn't participating, did you hear what they were saying? Okay, well, then you participated. Okay, did you take time to listen and actually consider what they're saying? Well, then guess what? You're in. Okay, and so I just think that it's so much better if, if we just decide. Now, not to say 100%. I cannot tell you that 100% of the time I'm not aware of what's going down because I'm involved in so many projects and so many missions, okay? I'm constantly reviewing reports, and, and I have done a mindset on how I do that so that I'm, I'm not identifying, okay? So I have a particular way that I deal with reports, and I never linger with them. I, I will, you know, I, I ask the assistants that work with me, 
please condense all of this down to a bottom line. What are they asking for? So I realize when I'm looking through all those reports and, and the particular news or whatever's going on, I'm allowing myself to only find and focus on what I know I need out of that. And in, in my case, it's usually, you know, I would say a good 99.5% of the time. It's what do they need? What can I do? Um, you know what I'm saying? So I constantly remind myself because sometimes my husband is just probably the very opposite of me. He he plays the devil's advocate in almost everything, okay? And he'll he'll kind of chew on the negative, if you know what I mean. So then I get the opportunity to meet that challenge and handle it in respecting him and giving him the right to be whoever he's are. But put in that little plug, you know, to say, you know, could we think of something more beautiful right now? And he's learned over the 40-something years of our marriage that that's where I'm going to go. And what's real funny about that, and I'm sure you can see that the humor of that is if you are you have a partner, you know, he's learned that that's what I'm going to do. And he wants to make his points. So he'll talk very fast. You know, it's like he really wants to dump it out there and get it out there so that I don't just close that door. And sometimes even after I've said that, He'll say, yeah, but I just want to make a point. And, and I, I've already commanded, I immediately start chanting. I mean, I, ha I have these automatic systems in my head after these 70-something years, okay? And I realize that, that he's going to go ahead. And he'll probably want to have at least to complete what he wanted, the point he wanted to make. And so once I, I, once I hear myself say, you know, I don't want to go there, and I'd appreciate us getting to something more positive and nurturing, I immediately start to do certain little chants and affirmations in my mind so that I'm overriding what he's saying. And and sometimes he's come to know when I'm doing that. He says that there's that I have these outward signs that tells him that I'm not really listening to him. And I've told him that's because you haven't respected the fact I've told you I don't want to actually you know interact with this. And he said, I know that. And he said, and I know that it's not you know, putting my time to the best of places. And he said, so I'm working on that. And he is, because like years ago, there was no shutting him up. And at least now when he comes to it, and he, he really gets emotionally linked into all of the negative and the what's wrongs, okay? And now when I do that, I'm watching him immediately become aware that he's doing that again. So I, I know this is habitual. And he don't even think about it, you know. I mean, how could how could you continue to run into that 40-something years and still be doing it, you know? So there is that habitual thread that he has not changed. And one of the things that, that's really wonderful is like over the past, I would say, maybe year, year and a half, he has really begun to show a determination that makes me feel very, very good about that, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it makes the time that we do spend together and the conversations and communications we do, it makes it just so much, there's a longer connection, you know what I mean? I, I'm with it longer because it doesn't come to that place I don't want to go. And, and so each and every one of us have to become aware of that. And, and there are people in my life and over my life that I have had to just shut out they're, you know, they, they don't want to do anything but scream, yell, carry on, and judge, and and just put the worst, you know, the more harmful energy out there. 
And when I realize after so many attempts that there's just, it's going nowhere, you know, I, I release their need to go to whatever good they can, and I release mine to go to mine. And, and in that, it's, and I don't, you know, if I engage with them for a reason, I'm respectful, and I'm very, very happy for them. And if they're in the place where we're going to share some positive exchange or what I consider progressive exchange, you know, I don't want to put the word positive here all the time. If people, you know, I'm interested in people saying, you know, that, that they're progressing on this, and maybe it's not of the most positive and powerful note, but it shows the, the movement and action of getting there. You know, do, doing what needs to be done, and that's what makes a difference for me. So basically, you, we have to look at that as we come to be who we are, and we want the liberation that we personally want to have a happy and open and full life. Well, our responsibility for that is to not make ourselves available to the stuff that go takes us the other way. You can't put that on no one. If you're going to be a victim, it's you determining to be the victim, nobody else. So, you know, right now is the best time for us to look inside ourselves and begin to see, you know, it, and, and I've, a lot of people, and I think I shared this sometime over the last few months, is, you know, one of the things that I teach people come, and it's, it's just truly beautiful because they want things to be better. They want to be different. And the habitual patterns of environmental, you know, influence and everything else just continues to really challenge them. And I say to them, take it an hour at a time. Actually, you know, set your phone, your clock, your whatever, and determine that for an hour you're going to be fully aware of everything that's in your mind and that you're responsible before you say it, that you're not going to include certain things the you know the the stronger parts and prohibitors I call them of whatever it is you're doing. So for some people it's it's you know immediately move, removing from your mind work as well as your verbal exchange that you stop using the words good and bad. You know and you take out maybe the word try. You're not trying because trying says you're not doing, but you trying is simply. You saying, well, when I feel like it. Okay, it don't work that way. It, it's when you don't feel like it that you make the best progress. If you're comfortable, you're not going anywhere. You're still wherever you were. Okay, so basically just taking an hour and determining from where you're at, where, where is your criticalness coming from, and where do you go into that victim place? You know, don't, you know can you take a whole hour out of your day and not blame anything? Not just people, not blame anything. I have, I have this wonderful friend, and I swear she's a natural-born comedian. And she'll say, she'll, she doesn't blame anybody. She used to blame everybody, okay? But she's not blaming anybody anymore. She's blaming things. Her car made her do it, okay? And uh, this, okay, she, she, what, what she actually did a couple of days ago, and I thought, oh, and I finally had to say something. I said, so the blaming has now become inanimate objects. Okay, she blamed her purse for something that she forgot because it wasn't big enough to handle the bulk of whatever that was, okay? And it's like, excuse me, what, you know, you don't know the size of the purse? You know, you don't look at the pile, you're getting ready to put it in, and the size of the purse? How did the purse become, you know, the, the, the enemy here? And then she listened for a minute, she says, what did you say? And then I said it to her, I said, you just blamed your purse. 
you blamed your purse because it's not big enough to handle all the stuff you wanted to put in it. And she said, did I say that? And I said, yes, you did. You know, and she goes, well, what it is is I didn't pick a big enough purse. And I said, intelligent, I understand that. But that's not what you reiterated. You, you, you blamed the purse. And you kept doing it. This darn purse. I hate this purse. This purse is not big enough. You know, and I said, and, and what is all that? And then she goes, oh, my goodness. And I said, so a little bit of the old stuff is creeping over into the new stuff in a different way. So you've got, you've got a leaky margin here. And we need to go back through that and realize it's blaming. Not so much the who you're blaming. It's blaming, period, that you're changing, you know. And, and so all of us can do that. We can begin right now to look at that and realize, you know, maybe we feel that we're a very spiritually evolved person. Maybe we feel that we are really a genuine player, you know, in, in the birthing of this whole new consciousness. But where are we prejudiced? You know, I, there was a beautiful recent study that a wonderful friend of mine asked me to look over and... Uh, you know, give any feedback on it. And it was how easy, even, you know, because we live in a country that has a consciousness of a racial situation between Caucasians and black people or Afro-American people or how, whatever, however we reference the, the whatever, the whosevers, any side, okay? And that how, because it's, it's a thread in everything and how far back it goes, how unrealistic and how unintelligent we actually still have these little glitches in there, you know. And, you know, it, 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 it amazes me. And we really have to do in-depth housekeeping to find that sometimes. So, I mean, I, I feel there's a, a ton of people that I work with that are really devoted people that are, act, you know, are in action mode and they're doing what needs to be done. And, and I constantly remind everybody, okay, when we talk about consciousness, consciousness is not passive. So if you're working with passive mind trying to evolve your consciousness, you've lost, okay? So basically these people are living, you know, living their word, walking their talk, doing the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? And even still... And, and I mean, right there, right there, you know, holding people in their arms, loving people and, and everything else. And then, then in a conversation, there will be a particular manner of reflection to something or a, a feeling behind something they said. And I catch it, you know, I catch it. And then I, and it's, then I start watching the person for a while and uh, then I wait to, I mean, I don't just interrupt what they're saying or where they're at. I have sometimes, I have to admit sometimes I have, but I usually don't. And finally, when the person was through talking and everything, I brought their attention back and kind of coined the phrase or the particular way it was said. And I says, can you explain that to me? And uh, they think about it for a minute. And I said, I'm not real sure where you were going at that moment, so if you can help me. And they keep thinking about it. You know, I'm not blaming them, saying, did you hear what you say? You know, did you blah, 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 blah. No, I don't do that. It's just, can you help me? It's it's me. I, I, you know, whatever was said, I had a reaction to it. So I'm dealing with my reaction, not accusing anybody of anything. And so basically what they do at that point is they'll go back to 
where that's at. And, and of course, then we're back into wherever we were at in that part of the conversation. And uh, I would say probably better than 60% of the time, the person will say to me, I really don't know. And I, and I don't know that I'm real sure of what you're, what you're reacting to. So, you know, wh- what do you think it was? And then I have to be very careful, you know, that I don't get into finger pointing or something. And I say, okay, just for a moment there, I had an uneasiness. And my uneasiness went to, that comes pretty close to a racial slur or a uh, uh, maybe a, a attitude or a feeling. And I don't just find it with Afro-American people, you know, when I, first off, I'm in total belief that Afro-Americans are as prejudiced as white people, okay? I, I think everybody plays their own role in all of this. I mean, I've, I, but I've hear, I'm really reflecting like they'll be talking about the Muslims or Hispanics or the, whatever. It's not just the black and white thing. You hear what I'm saying? And, and sometimes it's, it's a religious one, you know, and other things. And, and, uh, and I have had to really start watching mine, my own what will fall out of my mouth and go back in and say, okay, you know, mind child, what were you thinking at that moment? Because sometimes you, you're, you're caught in trying to deal with something and it's so human of us to try to categorize that stereotype. And it's like, no, 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 you know, and I come back in there and start digging around in the mind stuff and go, you know, trace it wherever I can and wherever I took a root of that, but it's still there. And it's so easy for us to get involved in that, especially when the news is belting out all of this. And I mean, I go through my Facebook, I think right now, somebody told me I have 125 people on my fan, on the public Facebook I have, and I have, I don't know what it is, I think they told me 5,000 is the limit on on friends. And 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 I'll see, you know, I, people are sending me all all the time a bunch of stuff, and it's like I see a whole lot of stuff that'll go through on the president and, you know, whatever's coming up. And and I realized they're all addicted to news. They're all addicted to the media. And everybody's everybody's temperature for the day, emotional temperature for the day, is on whatever they start to take issue with on the news. You know, it's I immediately, when I'm involved with the healing situation of a person that maybe is bedridden or in the home or or on a program, you know, a particular process and program, I immediately tell them, no TV, not even the programs that you like. I need you to pull out of all of that. And I tell them the most that I'm willing to work with and be tolerant of is that you can go on the Internet and you can get into some of those uh, apps that have spiritual, you know, have particular, they're, they're, they're like spiritual or inspirational programs and cinemas, okay, and that that begins to help a person's mind begin to, it's like a salve. It's like a, a, you know, a smooth salve being put on a wound. Because now you're just sitting there absorbing, you know, and relating to all these wonderful, inspiring things. And, and that's a responsibility we have to take serious. You know, what, what, however innocent you may be of why you're sitting there catching up with the news and most people, when I challenge them with it, they can give me like some very solid, righteous reasons why it's important that they, they, they're on the news. You know what I mean? 
that they're listening to the news and keeping up with what's happening. And, and there's a lot of intelligent challenges. It comes, okay, if you're just going to try to sit in la-la land and all of this is going on. And most of you who've had any time with me, you know that's not where I'm at anyway. Okay, if a situation comes up and for whatever the reason, mind grabs that. And then I feel that there's, there's, you know, I don't know how to help you develop that, but I almost have a signal in me that says, pay attention here. You know, and so then I'll go back and pick it back up and look at it a little stronger and realize that this is either, I could say a good 80% of the time, okay? It's usually involving something I'm already involved in and in process as far as having some field operations on it or sending, you know, help and or getting food and resources, some kind of resource, okay, being applied there. And this is telling me, you know, what are some of the states and conditions that now are existing from that. And uh, an example is very recently uh, there was something that come across Facebook. And, it, and the thing of it is, is even after I deleted it, it came back to me through three other people. And I thought, okay, it keeps coming back four times now. I need to look at it. And it was a photograph of a, a young girl whose eyes, her eye had been sewn shut and was all bruised and harmed, and her mouth. And the, the thing had actually said that this was a Christian girl in a Muslim community and that they sewed her eyes and her mouth shut so that she could not see or speak uh, anything against, you know, Islam or whatever, all right? And when I looked at that, it's like, really? Okay, now what do I do with that? You know, it's never about be saying, okay, I, I feel we should just go out there and kill all Muslims or all Muslims are bad or probably the whole, you know, religious group did this. You know, I don't go there. And it's like, okay, so what's up with these people? You know, what's 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 happening here? And... Sometimes, you know, because we go out in the field with an open mind, the reports are already there. And sometimes people people with opposite opinions have actually brought on more harm than good because by the time they get through preaching and pressing their point, they've upset people. And then, then, well, then like I said, then the very nature of our hostilities come up. And so I looked at that and said, okay, so what kind of hostility would merit somebody's reaction like that? We need to put some people on this, you know what I mean? And immediately I got some people responding to me or saying, you know, why would you put, why would you post something like this and, and, and put that out there and this and that? And it's, well, if you had read what I posted it with, it's like I'm talking to the people because most of the people on this particular, uh, you know, the reason the numbers are so high on the Facebook stuff is we use that to actually get the immediacy that it offers into each other's space and time so that we have greater... It, it actually helps us to be organizationally more effective and have faster uh, first responders, okay? And so that was my purpose to do that because it's like, okay, I don't know enough about this and obviously what they're saying almost sounds suspect, you know. So I, I, re, I think the caption I wrote to the Facebook um, posting that I did was, okay... Is this true or is somebody, you know, exaggerating and trying to stir up something? And then I got response from my teams. But obviously some of my my friends had a problem that I even posted that and made some kind of, 
thing of, of, of actually saying why would you continue to post something like that, okay? Well, I don't, I'm not going to justify that, nor do I feel I have to. I'm, I'm going to use it the way I need it and how it goes, and if it influenced somebody else, you know, and how they read it, they didn't respond to me with any kind of negative except one or two people. So basically, you know, we have to look at what is the trigger for each of us and what what are we really doing and and when we you know when we say judge not and i and all religious scriptures all, all of the global religions cuz i constantly stay with a pulse on theology okay all of them in their own words and ways will say to judge not okay to to be open to to make you know to condemn nothing or to be generous and to be kind and so forth now. and so we can't we can't put that all on, on a people, you know, and we have to deal with it, obviously, if there are any peoples that are doing something like that, thinking that that's serving their cause or resolving the whatever they disagree in their cause. And you and I can make the difference in that. I spend all of my time, and I love it, I love it, I spend all of my time working with the delicate and beautiful people who sometimes sit in very low-profile places because, you know, public and fame is not what they're seeking, and they just do the daily giving and generous sending of energy and spirit out to all, all good things, you know. And so basically it comes back to it, we, we, the spiritual community, need to ask ourselves how much are we really adhering to our own scriptures, philosophies, whatever you feel it is, or policies, you know what I'm saying? Are we really in that non-judgmental place? You know, are we really able to understand what compassion is? And then, you know, with all of the fear stuff about war and everything that actually seeds the hating of other people, people just like you, just like me, trying to have a day of life with family, whatever goes on. You know, all of a sudden they become an enemy because we're having some political dispute with them. And you have to realize political leadership is where the dispute is most of the time, and they're less than 1%. And yet the toxic, you know, effects of that goes how deep into the public then. So, you know, for me, just the fact that what, what are we participating in and what is the necessity of that is us listening to our own mind child. And I call it mind child because we're teaching it. You can change it. You can help it be of a, of a whole different consciousness. You know, not only are you doing that on the etherical level or what I would say energy level, you're doing that physically. And in that, when once our mind is in that place, that resonates to every cell in our body. You know, that, that gives the whole body an attunement. And, and it's easier to sit, at least it is for me, and, and I, any one of us can only talk for ourselves. I can go into meditation in a breath. After so many years of this, I can enter a deep level of meditation in just a breath. Okay, and... In that, I realize in myself the fact that I am constantly housekeeping my thoughts and watching myself 
it is so easy to get influenced or to get connected to something going on around you and then realize, okay, look what I'm doing. I'm participating in that. You know, and, and we need to always be in that place of observer so that we can see that and to come out of it. You know, then I get these beautiful questions that you ask me. Well, once, once I participated, how do I resolve that? Just by the remorse that you participated is enough. And I, I truly mean true remorse. True remorse is I am not going to do that again. That was just not all right. I, I want no part of it. That's remorse. Forgiveness, I, I don't know that any of us understand forgiveness. I think we get it confused with forget, okay? And who can forget something that actually even took you to the point where you might be considering forgiveness, okay? And it's just, just like, you know, how deep was the wound or something? You know, to, to then deny that you were cut or that you have a wound, you know what I mean? So I, I look at where, wherever I go with something like that, and and I and hey every every one of us I've come to places to where people have put some you know have reached out there and tried to really be harmful. And I look at the source of that, and I I always seek an understanding of that where are they coming from with it. Why you know why would it even be something? And I take my part of the responsibility of that, and what and what energy and frequency am I attracting that? You know, I do the whole thing. So basically then it's it's a matter of coming to a place to where you have already done enough practice that there's some automatic that comes in. You know what I mean? And, and then when you have to go into that mindful place of observing instead of thinking, analyzing, and putting a notion on it, you know, that you really have a greater feeling. So for me... I don't I don't use so much the word forgiveness. Though when I when I read it and, and other people project it, I have a, a beautiful affinity with it. I just don't know that okay, if we haven't judged and we're really working at being non judgmental, okay, then it doesn't apply. We don't we, we shouldn't even need that word, right? So but I do understand remorse. Remorse and every one of us have been in the place with that, okay? to where you have done something and it actually hurts you to look at what you have done. Okay, what what did you say? You know, how did you react? You know, what what did you support? You know, and and then just it just be hurtful to you to remember that or, or think whatever would put me to doing that. You know what I mean? And that's that's true remorse. And it's in that that the greater healing happens because then there is this beautiful place in you, and I want to see that as the observer place, that's actually saying, no, 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 this is not ever going to happen again. And it's in that conviction of it not happening again that we are liberated. So there's no need to hold on to it and drag it out and chew on it and you know, it's just, okay, did it give you a good kick? And if it did, okay, you know, what, what's, what's your resolution to that now? It, that you have no intentions of ever letting that fall out that easy or opening your mouth and let anything like that come out or whatever. And, and recently, 
I, I had this wonderful friend, and he's been away uh, journeying through Europe for quite a while. And he, he's kind of a chameleon. I, I've watched him over the years, and he just kind of, you know, he makes himself a part of his environment very easy. So with all the various cultures and everything he's exposed himself to, almost like when he was, we were talking and everything, you could almost see that, you know, this weaving in and out of all these influences, right? And he he made an offhanded comment. I mean, we're we're standing there with two or three people who are of the Jewish faith. I mean, there had to be like maybe a dozen or more of us all standing around, but at least two or three of them that was of the Jewish faith. And he used a term of when he was bartering in one at one of the bazaars and, you know, the places where they're selling all these wonderful things, that he really tried to Jew the man down, which is a term that says he tried to get it for a lesser price. And I watched all three of our Jewish friends react, and of course you're going to. You know, if you're Polish and somebody tells a Polish joke, it's not funny to you. So, soon as it fell out of his mouth, I saw him immediately. I mean, he was looking more or less in my direction. And when he said what he said, I saw his eyes go and find them. And there was just so much pain in his face. And, of course, our loving friends immediately tried to help him out. Said, don't worry about it. You know, we understand. And I'm, I'm looking at their energy and everything and realizing it went straight to their heart. They love him dearly. And that went straight to his heart. These are the kind of things I'm talking about. You know, those little nuances that are almost have become a part of our speech that we have lost meaning or, you know, we don't understand the definition of why we ever even knew of it. And, you know, later when they we were out on the terrace and everything, I saw him just kind of looking out over the landscape and that, and I asked him, so how are you doing? You know, you having a little bit too much part? And he goes, no, I'm having too much of my butthole, blah, blah, blah. He went through his stuff, and it's like, hey, 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 stop that. That isn't going to help anything. And I told him, I looked at your face when you looked at theirs, and in that moment, the remorse that you felt for that point of ignorance and just a habitual, you know, carelessness, I said, that tells me that that particular phrase is now resolved and erased from any part of you at all. And he said, absolutely. He said, how would you handle talking to them? I said, go hug them, tell them that you love them, and tell them that you have determined that that was not an expression of your love and that you will never use that particular reference ever again. And he goes, really? And I said, it's all they'll want to hear. You know, and I said, it'll lighten and cut through everything. And he did, he did, I did, I wasn't present when he did it, but when he, I, when we were, everybody getting in the cars and that, he'd come up to me and he says, Grandmother, I just want to make sure you know I, I took your advice and it worked. And I said, of course it works. We all want to be loved. We all want to know that the person we love has actually dealt with that as a derogatory and that we won't ever have to experience that with them again. I said, it's just, it's just the human brain. And he said, I'm so grateful because it just cleared, it cleared a lot for me too. I said, we always, every, every time something happens, we all have a learning in it. And I said, I watched everybody standing there in that group. 
hearing what happened, saw what happened, and every one of them made a determination. They would never use that reference. Even those who already use that reference decided they're not going to use that reference anymore. That's just not how they want to express something. And so basically those little things is what I'm talking about. This is where we can make our changes. You know, each one of those particular, like not playing victim anymore, not, not using, not always having to analyze everything and make it good or bad. I'm even working on how often I use the word positive and negative. This is another frame of good and bad, isn't it? So I'm, I'm realizing, why do I have, you know, why is it that I make up my mind that I have to actually reference it in that way? You know, was it a happy thing? You know, couldn't that be different? Can I put it in that form instead of positive? Because then I reinforced that there had to be a negative. And, and the, the word game really becomes tremendously effective, especially with all the research that I'm involved with. There, I don't think any of us ever have thought of how far-reaching and impactful what comes out of our mouth amounts to. Okay, and so the, the word game is what I call it. And for each one of us to look at the fact, I know and I'm going to speak more about the English because this... This radio program is going to go be translated for a whole lot of other people. But in all languages, it's, it's, it's happened the same thing. We continue to, to enhance the dictionaries. And they continue to get thicker and thicker, trying to desperately find ways to communicate the things that just don't have words. You know, there's experiences that I have. And, and, and I find, and especially over the years, I find how futile and how weak they are when I try to get someone to understand the impact of that or what really took place there or something. There's just places to where unless, unless you were there, unless you had the experience, there's no way to determine how to explain it to you. And, and those are ours. Those are the precious jewels of our own life. You know, and, and what, what I find is how people have, everybody has made mistakes. But some people have judged themselves so terribly that they have condemned themselves as well. When I watch how we're locked into body-mind and that we no longer think as spirit and live as spirit and make decisions from spirit. You know, soul, you can say, if you want to, this word is soul. I'm not, you know, whatever, however you want to relate to what that source of your existence is about. And we're not giving it enough attention. I mean, we have all these wonderful processes and teachers out there. I mean, I in a week's time, people invite me to at least 30 or 40 workshops. Can you Could you come for an hour? Could you do this? Could you do that? And it's like, well... Not really, you know, so why don't you tape a little bit of it or something and can you email it to me or whatever. Then my assistants pick it up and pass it along. And sometimes even then it's just too overwhelming as far as time to get to all of it. You know what I mean? But then again, I think we're all saying the same thing from a different view, you know, that helps. I think it helps for everybody to finally have a place of satisfaction and understanding. And so then we just move on to trying to fit all of that into what is a day of life. And for me, a day of life is knowing that before I put my head on a pillow, 
that I have made a difference, that somewhere in someone's life I was the angel or the messenger that brought to them the turning point. And I, you know, I get constant where people say, why are you doing this? Why, do, why don't you take some time down or something? I, would, I don't even understand what that means. I know I couldn't do anything different. And if we can just begin to find those little places to where we can change that word, you know, like I watch people who are constantly losing and failing in business ventures, life relationships, to whatever, the important things to whoever and, and whatever that might be. And, and and I listen to them, and in about two or three minutes of just having them talk through something, I hear where the, you know, where the, where the situation is, the ungrounding. Okay, and every time I hear the word I can't, it just wasn't possible. Okay, well, I'm trying I mean, that's so pathetic. It's like you're trying. No, you're doing or it's not happening. Okay, you're doing or you're just not going to see anything. Trying doesn't get it. So if you if, if listen to yourself, how many times, you know, this is like starting to observe yourself. You have to get in touch with you're not a body. And how do you do that? Well, I talk to my body. I talk to my cells. I talk to my body when I'm bathing and I'm touching it. I talk to those cells. I, I have this film that runs across my front, you know, from, right across the front of my mind of, of all of the systems in my body when I'm bathing it. I, I don't even go there purposefully anymore, meaning I have to set it up and, and it's a process I follow. It just comes automatic now. I can I can either be in a the bathtub or in the spa or in the, the shower. And as soon as I'm of the water begins to touch me and go over me, the first thing out is the gratitude and appreciation for the presence of the water and, and the sacredness of water. And then I, you know, and I'm just observing myself now doing this. And then I'll run right into, uh, you know, wherever I'm touching, because I usually will start by wetting my hair and then I put different natural things on my hair and kind of let it be soaking, right? And and then I talk to my hair, you know, I talk to my face, wherever I'm touching, I'm talking to the cells that are there. And and I find that as I begin to wash my body, I have this anatomy and physiology chart in front of my mind, okay? And all of my systems, it's like I'm realizing now that they've become animated. I don't know when I made that decision. But they, I, I see the circulatory system moving. I see the heart pumping, not just, you know. I mean, I, I know for years I studied those charts to embed them in my mind, okay. But now they've become animated, so they've become a part of me. So that if even when, you know, I'm putting my creams and things on my skin, wherever I'm touching, I'm, I'm actually... it totally mindfully involved with the anatomy and physiology and the chemistry of it. So I'm always talking to the, the, the matter, the organic matter and mass of what the body is. And I know, in my mind, I am aware and I know what's talking. You know, and, and I also know when some little program comes in, you know, maybe like 
some of the stuff over the years is when I was going into healing and everything, I opened myself to study all, all, everybody's particular aspects of healing and herbs and the whatever. And I'll hear some little something come in that I realize I've moved way past there. And I always say to it and say, well, hello, but not today. And I was just sharing with uh, some friends, I think it was today. See, time slips away from me so fast. But I was sharing with some friends that I had walked into the room where my husband was, and he was in front of the TV, okay, and there was a, a, an ad on, and I don't know what it was advertising for, but the animation in the ad was a woman who was attached to her bladder, okay, and they had made like this little cartoon person of her bladder, and, you know, her and the bladder was holding hands, and the bladder was dragging her, someplace I'm sure to relieve her bladder okay but they had given such a personality to the bladder you know and I immediately identified with it because of how I make characters of my liver my kidneys and so forth and, and I, I realized I kind of have a blasé kind of manner of how I reflect to my bladder and most of the time I'll, I, I refer to it because of the kidney stones that passed as, as, you know, almost having a scarred presence to it. I don't know if that's true or not in the body itself, but, I mean, that's where I've put my some thought form to it. And so I like the fact there's this healthy little happy bladder. And, and in this ad, okay, the woman is talking to a doctor, and the little bladder is sitting off to the edge of the desk, looking over the desk with these really expressive eyes at the doctor and to the woman, you know. And I, and I just sat and, and I started laughing. And my husband said, what's wrong with you? And I said, that commercial. I said, that is so cool, you know. And he goes, yeah, well, what, what's cool about it? And I said, the little characterization of the bladder. I said, I love that. I'm going to use that, you know. So that's what I've done. I've kind of transformed when I find myself going through the anatomy and physiology things. It's normal to me now. Okay. I have now put my little bladder character in there. And, and lo and behold, you know, it's like it's really effective. And it's every, every part of my body I see as a community. And, you know, the actual shape and form of that community is the body. And I'm constantly viewing myself to see if I'm body-mind or mind-body. And body-mind would actually mean to me that I'm totally under the control of whatever the body wants. I'm uncomfortable. I have an itch. Oh, I have a pain here. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm tired. That's body-mind. The body directs and controls all of the thinking. And I realize that if when I catch myself leaning to that, I don't I don't ever find myself entrenched in that. But when I find myself leaning toward that, I immediately straighten up and it's like, okay, we have to do some degree change here and get back into mind body. So if there's a sense of saying I'm tired or this or that, I think I you know, when I the only time I've ever felt myself communicating that I'm tired is when somebody's sitting in front of me just chewing on something I want to have nothing to do with it. I don't want to hear anything they're saying. I, I can immediately understand what tired is. And I was, and I, I hear myself saying, hey, okay, this is dragging on my time. And then I have to find a caring, loving way of how to say, okay, could we just move 
onto something else, you know, and find a way to redirect the way we're going with this. Because that's the only place that I ever experienced tired, is tired of hearing this or tired of being present with this and needing to know I need to go on someplace. So I know that mind body then is where that is, and then I want to go to mind body in order to get away from the body mind. And so basically you're just going to have to find your own pathways and points in that so that you can actually just, you know, live the life that you want to be. And that's so wonderful. And, and everything that you do to change, and don't ever minimize it, beloveds. Don't ever minimize yourself. You know, every, every little seed of change that we do grows that tree of life. So if you could just start at any place in any one of your circumstances and find the rerouting of something and the putting something new into that and begin with only an hour a day. And if an hour a day is too long, then take a half hour. But start. We could do that now. We can start that now. Taking care of that, doing it now is where we have to do it. Because if we're not doing it now, it's not going to be. Stay present do it now. Alrighty, I'm going to have to, I'm getting signals here from my people that says, okay, the hour is coming around and I'm going to have to get off the air here. It, uh, I love lingering and playing with you and I want you to look to the horizons of wherever you're at and know that that's where we meet and know that distant in time does not affect love. And know that no matter where you're at and how you can accept or not accept at this point. No, I'm telling you, I love you. You're important to me. And you coming and spending this time and connecting to windows in your mind with me. Is we are looking into what is real. We are looking through those windows to what can be and what is. And may yours always be all good things. I'll be talking to you again soon. You enjoy. Well, okay, it's that time of being complete again and going forward to assimilate and use what we've shared and learned. It's with love of humanity that I serve, and it's always good when you're with me. I value you in your time. So I say to you, Olama Liaha, we are family. Walk in beauty upon the great Mother Earth and be the blessing that you are. I send you my hugs and kisses on the breeze and in the sun. Beloveds, I am always with you. Have a wonder-filled week and celebrate all good things. For those of you who want to keep in touch through Facebook, remember that it's www.facebook.com slash forward and it's V-E-N period P-A period R-I-S period H-A. And make sure that you share what you want to say and share your stuff and I look so forward to that. So until then, know we are blessed. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-World.com
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.